This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It's time for your daily dose of all things Chicago sports. This is the Daily Score. Now, here's your host, Mark Grody. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Daily Score. I am Mark Grody. Thanks for being with us as always and uh, as seemingly always. Yes, we're going to talk Bears here today. And a couple things uh, right off the bat. Um, Eddie Jackson won the the Good Guy Award from the media, presented every year to a player who we vote on as most accommodating to the media, and he, he was highly available. It is interesting to think about Eddie Jackson, though, as he's got one more year of contract. He, he would be making $18 million next year, but the Bears could cut him before June 1st, and they would save 12-point-something, 12.6 million dollars, I believe it is. Um, so with some of the other Bears' needs, a lot of people think it would be prudent to move on from Eddie Jackson, even though I know the front office likes Eddie Jackson. So nothing is is set yet. But I was hosting on the score with Gabe Ramirez in for Parkinson Spiegel, and we had Dave Wanstead on. And Wanstead had a very interesting idea, and that is to – um, he thinks that the safety, a replacement for Eddie Jackson, might be on the roster already. So let's take a listen to Wani and what he thinks about it. He's obviously been a really good player for us. We're going to be into a lot of money in that secondary, right? And in my mind, obviously, we got to keep Jalen Johnson, number one. And then number two, uh, Gordon is as valuable as anybody in our whole defense. Forget about the secondary. This guy has really proven that he's uh, he's a frontline player. So you know that we have to keep him. I would move. I would let Eddie go, unfortunately. And I would move either Terrell Smith or Stevenson to safety. Really? Yes. Wow. Tyree's physical, man. He's uh, a physical Tyree's guy. real physical. Interesting. Yeah, he would he would be right there with he probably, he probably welcomed that move because he can play a little bit more freer as opposed to being, you know, tied up with some, some wide receivers. I don't know if either one of those guys ever played safety, but I will tell you this, that, uh, yeah, you said Tyreek. I mean, between him and Brisker, uh, that would be as hard a hitting group as there is in the National Football League, you know, and young and and athletic, and they can play the pass, and they can play the run. So I don't know. That, that's uh, without really, really looking at it close. Uh, have, have you ever had? Have you ever had a one of your guys change positions? Oh yeah, no. I, I told Darrell Revis when uh, I, you know, Darrell Revis was the best tackler, defensive back that I've ever coached. 
and, and Patrick Sertan Sr. was probably second. And I told Darrell, I said, you know, if your time, when your time at corner ever expires, you could go to safety and play another five years. I mean, Rod Woodson did that. Rod Woodson was a corner. And then yeah. they, when he got to the end of his career, he moved to uh, safety. Yeah, I mean, the difference is, obviously, Tyreek Stevenson and Terrell Smith are rookies. So I guess it doesn't really matter, but I can't imagine that those guys would want to necessarily become a safety. But I guess if it's the difference between a starter and not being a starter. But I kind of I like it. I kind of like that idea. Um, although, you know, look, Tyreek Stevenson, very physical and all that. I, I've, I've enjoyed his development in perfect season for sure. So I don't know. I just thought that that was, that was interesting to, to think about that. Um, it, yeah. And I don't even, I don't know. I assume the bears are going to resign Jalen Johnson, but if the, if their read is that Tyreek Stevenson and Terrell Smith are good enough um, then they could be your corners of the future as well. So there's a lot that still needs to happen. But I like the thinking by Dave Wanstead. And that, you know, safety is not considered a premium position in the National Football League. Cornerback is. So that it'll be interesting to, to get into that uh, more as, as things go on. Um, I had another question for Dave Wanstead, and it's a question that uh, everybody has been trying to answer and ask and uh, let's let's hear from Wani in this, and you'll hear my question as well. It is my prediction that uh, and anything can change, man. It's such a fluid situation that Matt Eberflus will be back. Do you believe that he will be back as well? Yes. Oh, I think the whole staff will be back. Really? I really Even Getsy. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep, I really You say do. that confidently, Coach. I do, because, I mean, think about it. I mean, and this is nothing personal. Everybody on want to talk about that short yardage play. Right, I'm so sick of hearing about that. Everybody wants to, you know, did Flus was he questioning Getsy for the first time about the short yard? Would you want to run up? I mean, God bless Patrick and and Nate Davis never practices and Cody White here. That's not the Philadelphia yeah. center and two guards that you're going to successfully run a sneak play behind. Yeah, no, that it's interesting that Lonnie would say that I. I've told you guys that my guess, my best guess, is that Matt Eberflus will return. I just think they would. I don't know that Luke Getzey would would make it, and the rest of the staff. I mean, I think something would have to change, probably. And you know that I've been supportive of Luke, or more supportive than others of Luke Getzey. But my guess is that you you've got to change something on that that coaching staff and I think you have to add a defensive coordinator. I hope that if if Eberflus does return that he just imposes his will a little bit more in the game plan for defense because obviously he wasn't doing that when Allen Williams is here because the defense looks totally and completely different. Speaking of of Luke Getze, um he spoke on Thursday and we're only going to get a couple more of these days here this week where the coordinator speak and the quarterback speaks for that matter and then we'll see what happens in the offseason. But, you know, the, the forever question is to Luke Getze is where he sees Justin Fields improving this year. The big picture with this franchise trying to find its long-term quarterback, how have we seen Justin progress towards that goal? Again, that's a that's a, a, a deeper question than just about where we're at right now. I think what just regarding Justin, there's been a tremendous amount of growth. I mean, where he's 
just in this season alone, how far along he's come, um, you know, taking care of the football, um, being in control of the game. I think that's been the coolest part since he's come back. I just feel like he's in control uh, when he's out there. I think that's been a lot of fun to see. Um, and like he's, like we talked about already, like the sack part of it, he's, he's limiting the sacks. We're not turning the football over, and we're giving ourselves a chance to win those games. And, we're, and now we're doing that. In what ways have you seen him kind of make the, the biggest strides individually? I think there's been a lot of them. I think he, um, you know his ability to uh, to progress is better. His footwork is better. I think uh, the protection part of it is outstanding. Um, the completion percentage part of it is good. He's throwing the ball accurately. I think the extended play part of it has been a lot of fun to see him progress through that. Um, so there's been a lot of areas. I'm leaving other stuff out, but I think there's been a lot of really cool stuff that Justin's has grown through this year. Luke, how do you, how do you set that standard, especially with emphasizing no interceptions and no sacks, and still allow him to be free and be aggressive and, and, and take chances? And it, That seems like a delicate balance. It definitely is. Um, but at the same time, I think uh, that's part of the the experience that you get, um, both on the practice field and in the games. I think as you experience those situations, you realize which ones are a more calculated risk and not, right? And so um, – a Hail Mary throw at the end of the game. Like, we're not going to stress about what, you know, what happens uh, in that situation, uh, you know, but there's times that in the pocket you can see him being very conscious of two hands on the football and making sure that he's taking care of it so that if somebody he doesn't see hits him, he's still going to have the ball at the end of that play. So there's a lot of different aspects of it, but I think it's, uh, it's a reality of our game is that you have to take care of the football. And then when there's those moments in the game when you can take a chance, you take them. And I think those experiences of knowing when those show up, that's just you get those by playing. There's not like a, you know, you watch film, you watch other guys, um, you see how they do it. We talk about it in the room. I think those experiences, just the communication that we have in the room constantly helps kind of make you, you know, enlighten you to those certain situations as well. But the experience that he's gotten, you can see his comfortability in handling those situations. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Body of work from Justin against Arizona. I think he was asked about this after, so was Flues. 170 passing yards, 97 rushing. The sustainability of having a quarterback who's roughly around those figures every game versus somebody who's maybe throwing for 300-plus, how do you balance the sustainability of that and what can get you consistent wins when you know you have somebody who has that dual threat set that another quarterback might not? Yeah, I think that um, I think the delicate balance of it all is just like it's more about how you go get those yards, right? It's, I mean, are you are you taking a pounding and getting those 97 or is it an efficient 97 and then just a hit here or there? Because there's guys that throw for 300 and take a pounding sitting in the back of the pocket. That's maybe even worse, you know? So I think part of that is all, you know, it's all part of his game. And I think the awareness part of it, I think what I get amazed by when I watch guys like Patrick Mahomes is like they're just awareness of like they don't get hit because they're just spatial awareness is just amazing, right? And I think that's what you see with Justin now as he continues to play and get the more experience that all of that is just getting better and better for him so that you avoid those hits. I think 
coach was joking about like his sliding or something the other day, right? Like, like that's part of it too, right? I mean, that's part of learning how to avoid that. No, okay, it's first and 10 and I can get three instead of like fighting for another extra three. I don't need to do that. And so that's all part of that maturity. I like the way I like that he used the spatial awareness, you know, that that's, you know, another in the same family as pocket awareness and all that. And yes, Patrick Mahomes does have, have that in an extraordinary way. That's something that I think Justin feels a struggle at, but gotten better at for sure in terms of avoiding too many sacks. And, you know, this this goes along with what I've been saying all year. Yes, Justin Fields has improved. Has he improved enough? Because there hasn't been the big jump. There have been, there has been, as we say, incremental improvement. Is that enough to keep Justin Fields around? And, and that question will be answered sometime after the next couple of games, uh, starting this week at Soldier Field against the Atlanta Falcons and then finishing out at Lambeau Field against the Green Bay Packers. Thank you so much, as always, for listening to The Daily Score. Like I said in the beginning, we appreciate it. We hope you subscribe and give us uh, your feedback, as always. For Ray Diaz, the executive producer, I'm Mark Grody for The Daily Score, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you.